Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we are celebrating today. We are popping the champagne. This is our one-year anniversary episode, and I can't believe it's been one year, Ernesto. I can't believe we've been doing this for a year. Like this Absolutely. is like before we started recording, we were like, yeah, like just kind of like semi-reflecting, and it's. It has a uh, it's it has been a journey, my friend. Yes, it's, it's crazy that like before we were just like, all right, we're just gonna flip the mics on and just <laughs> see what happens, and that's kind of how it started. <laughs> and, and that's I mean for the most part that's kind of how it's going. Um, yeah. But we uh, obviously we are not the same people that we were back in episode one. It's true. We have some sort of a formula, kind of, but uh, but. The, the most important thing is that we have been doing this week after week. We've been watching movies. We've been watching TV shows. We've had pe- – you know, people actually said yes to come on our show. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. It's like when people are like, yeah, I'll come on. It's like, oh. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've listened to an episode. It's like, really? What? what? <laughs> you actually want to listen to what I have to say? Like, <laughs> are, you, are you sure you click like box office bingers? That's the one you picked, right? Not, you know not another me, one. right? You yeah, know, it's me. You saw, you saw our faces. You saw me yeah. and Matt. You saw us both. You heard our, you hear, you, lit, you clicked an episode and heard our voices. And when you're done, yes. you said, you know what? That was good. <laughs> you know what? An- another. Another. Another one. Another. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, considering, I mean, as you mentioned, we, we've been here week after week. I mean, this has been. Uh, kind of an interesting year 2020 has been. Oh, I mean, oh really? That year, 2020? Yeah. yeah, let's see. We've had, you know, a little thing, you know, the pandemic. Of course. Of course. Um, I also had knee surgery this year. I remember that. And you're like, I'm still good. I'm like, you sure you don't want to take a week off? And you're like, no, I'm good. No. I'm like, all right, crazy. We, we literally scheduled our recordings around my surgery date. That's correct. You remember the times when we would have to stop because – my I would have to change positioning on my leg. Yes. It's like, all right, man, we got to slow down. <laughs> I got to move. <laughs> Not only that, you also had a baby. That's true. Yeah. 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 We, we took, we, we did double, we did, I, I would say quadruple duty um, in the month of June. So we can, you know, keep up with the weekly schedule. So we can take two weeks off to be with your, with your newborn child. So yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's so weird. I don't know. That's yes. just so. Oh, and I also sold my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been one like, hell of a year for you. <laughs> it really, it really has. I mean, I remember <laughs> there were recordings when we like, oh, Matt, we got to we got to pause real quick. I got somebody coming to look at the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm over here just staring at the computer screen. They're looking in here like, oh, this place looks nice. Oh, there's some weirdo. On the, on the computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> he's just staring. He's, he's just staring at us. Look at the house. Hi. 
<laughs> Don't you look in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm the next one. He's about to throw the cam, the, the computer around. I'm also looking. I'm looking as well. I'm the next showing. <laughs> I'm the next showing. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. I'm not waiting or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and then also, remember when we used to do this face-to-face? Those were, those were good days, though. Those were very nice days. Hopefully, yes. we can eventually... When things settle down, we can return, but we can return back to that. But, you know, absolutely. This is for now. We're going to go the safest route to at least make sure we can get it out. Hey, exactly. there it is. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, Skype has been our friend this last it few really months. Has. Thanks, it really man. has. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, Ernesto, this is crazy. So we're uh, before we continue, uh, we got a jam packed show for you guys this week. Yeah. We got we got movie news. We got a, a shit ton of what you're watching because it's it's been a while, Ernesto, since yeah. we don't want we done a what you're watching. Yeah, with our with our lat one, we uh, had Sofia Coppola and the girls from She Fucking Did That podcast. We didn't really do it. It, beca- it was almost like a like a creator spotlight. Episode. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we just focused mm-hmm. on Sofia Coppola, um, talking about her work, and then we reviewed Lost in Translation and On the Rocks, and then talked to yep. them about their podcast. So we, I've got, I've got a list. Some of it yeah. I might even have to think about because it's been so long. I've like, oh. I've seen things and finished them, and it's been so long since I finished them that I may have to like, I, I had to like reach back and dust the cobwebs off of my brain a little bit <laughs> to see if I, like, I remember. Right, I did watch. Add that one like, to the list. I watched that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then also we are, uh, we're reviewing our foreign film of the month. You know, or not, we're going way back to the beginning. Remember in the beginning. We we had these these crazy ideas and we were and still are big fans of director Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. And he directed Parasite, which ended up winning Best Picture uh, uh, this year. And so we did like basically our very first episode was a creator spotlight. We kind of did a deep dive on his on his film career. So look at that. We're going back. We we did this already. So I guess the first episode was like a creator spotlight before we even knew what a creator spotlight was. Exactly. I think we, I think I went back to the description. We were calling it director spotlights, but then we changed up the title a little bit because we wanted to focus more on directors. So far we haven't done that yet, but with that title, we can go in any direction we want to. Well, well, I think it's, well, I think it's an important distinction to know that like, yeah, they are directors, but they're, at the core they're creators That's because a lot of like a lot of them like I, both directors and writers both um creators this week you know remy remy weeks of his house that we're reviewing and our foreign mm-hmm. film of the month the host which matt was getting to boom jung ho this is we're reviewing his this is his this is his first feature uh no this isn't his first feature but this is the one that got him on the map like yeah. really, like he, this was like a like a horror monster movie that really got a lot of people's attention. So yeah, and so like when we on our first episode we reviewed Okja, Snowpiercer, and Parasite, but there are also other films. He wanted to take it back to the beginning and review some of his other movies we have yet that we have not seen and reviewed. So yeah, so we are reviewing the host today as well as Ernesto was just saying uh, Netflix's new film His House which is a horror film. So we're not done with horror just yet. Uh, We're in November, but we're not done with it just yet. And uh, so we're we're very excited to talk about those two films today. Yeah. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to kind of do a year in review of our, of this podcast, Ernesto. Over the past year, we have been downloaded, get this, over 2.8 
thousand times from all over the all over the world That's we've been downloaded. Of, it's kind of weird to think about that people in other countries are uh, even thinking about listening to us. Yes. And so, Ernesto, can you list off some of those countries? Because it's crazy. Like some of them, I'm like, really? Why? Why are, why are people from other countries yeah. listening to us talk? So we have the United States, Ireland, Australia, UK, Germany, Canada, Philippines, France, Nigeria, Russia, Hong Kong, India, Puerto Rico, New Zealand, Pakistan, South Africa, Brazil, <laughs> Latvia, Croatia, Mexico, Slovenia, Singapore, Sweden, Austria, Switzerland, and Poland. Wow. That's insane. I didn't even like, and it may only be like one person from each country, but that's still kind of that's kind of interesting. Someone in those countries, either one or half a person. I don't even know if you can do half a person. At least one person decided that oh, this could look good. And then and we're speaking in English. Most of these countries, you know, that's not their first language, obviously. True. So that is it's crazy to think about. And I know some people may hear those numbers and be like. Well, those numbers suck. My podcast does this much better. <laughs> well, you know what? We're just excited for any kind of progression. You have to oh, yeah. progression over perfection. You know, take mm-hmm. the it's like the little engine that could. You just take a little bit at a time. Slow and steady wins the race. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm proud of these numbers too. I didn't even think about like I was just happy people down the street are listening to it, let alone other countries around the world listening to them. So that's kind of surreal to think about. But yeah, almost we're almost at 3,000 downloads within our one year, uh, our one year run. And, and that's and that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Like that's like I, I'm surprised people are even listening at all, let alone people are downloading it at least 3000 times. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. To thank you. Whoever you are. If you are anyone, no, I'm just <laughs> uh, seriously, like we didn't, we didn't expect any of this. We just kind of, we just kind of went with it. We went with the anticipation, like, hey, nobody's probably going to listen, so let's just make it for us, and then right. we'll kind of see where it goes. And here and, we are. And people do listen, and we're and we're very grateful for you guys to continue yeah. listening to us. And even though we're babbling right now about it, but that's kind of what we do. We're just two guys who love movies. And we want to talk about them, and you know, I feel like other people are kind of resonate with that. So yeah. hopefully, we can grow from there. Yeah, hopefully they're probably like, all right, shut the fuck up, start the show. Yeah, right? I, I know, right? <laughs> Come on, all right. Uh, in, including this episode, we're not done with the year review yet. I got a couple of numbers for you. Uh, okay. Including this episode, we recorded a total. Of 56 episodes within the year we did 56 of these that's crazy we did 51 as you know as you guys started this this is episode 51 but we also did a couple of bonus episodes throughout the year we recorded uh our we devoted a whole episode to star wars the rise of skywalker back in december of last year and the other special episode were devoted to our creator spotlights we were talking about earlier in which as of right now we've done four of these with one more on the way, we have another creator spotlight for you guys coming next week. Uh, we're going to be covering Ava DuVernay next week. Uh, this was Ernesto's choice. He was like, you, we got to cover her. She's an amazing director. And so we did. So we're going to give you a whole deep dive on her next week. And then some other creator spotlights you guys can tune into as part of our special episodes. We did uh, Ryan Coogler, Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, and then most recently as well, Sofia Coppola, like we were talking about earlier. 
so, yeah, it's pretty surreal that we know 56 of these. And there were some weeks we could have taken off. We kind of did a double duty, and we're like, we can go more. Yeah, we got this. I think we got actually, this. I'm okay. And it's yeah. just weird. Like, and it may, you know, it's our episodes are, you know, they're not short. They're not short. But they're not for the faint of heart. Like, you have to be really willing to sit down. Because, I mean, a lot of exactly. times we just babble, kind of like what we're doing right now. Like, exactly. But I don't know. Absolutely. But, but I think. But I think it's important to have that, like, you know, stream of consciousness conversation. It just feels very real. Comes, It just comes off of it's very real. It's very honest, which I which is what I hope we do. We pretty much pick a topic and we just kind of go back and forth on our thoughts about it until mm-hmm. we run out of ideas. And then we move yeah. on. <laughs> and then we move on. Yeah, that, that, that's, that is that is the episode. That is the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty pretty uh, much. We get we get like tent poles, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Ernesto, not including the two movies that we record that we are talking about today, and not including the 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 two other uh, movies ta- slash TV show we recorded for Ava DuVernay. How many movies slash TV reviews you think we've done? I have that number here. You know what, Matt? I'm gonna you're gonna laugh at this. Yeah. I I'm not even surprised that you turned this into a game. <laughs> <laughs> And those of you who really know Matt, especially from the days when we recorded Beyond the Credits, you would know how much Matthew loves games. I love so games. So the, the fact that you did, the fact that you even made that a question, like, I bet you were just so excited to ask me. Oh, yeah. Question. I was excited um, doing the research. <laughs> so if I had to guess off the top of my head, we've done 56 episodes. Sometimes we did double duty. Sometimes we did triple. Yeah. I'm going to say... 75 okay that you are you are not correct and you are off we've done a lot more than that do you want to be really more tr- we've done a lot more than that a lot like a lot <laughs> well, more not, well not, not like a lot lot more but like I'll, I, I can either tell you the number or you can go one more time all right i'm gonna go one more time I'm gonna go one okay more okay time. Say, okay based off of that i'm gonna go 110 okay you overshot it just a little bit damn but, it <laughs> <laughs> but we if, I mean, we I could have missed a few, but based on like just kind of, you know, looking at our episode uh, descriptions and Instagrams and stuff like that. And other things I know that we were talking about, we record we talked about and reviewed like officially reviewed 97 movie slash TV shows. Yeah. And then I mean, think about like Love is Blind. That's a le- yeah. that one series is 11 and a half hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that Yes, it is. And, and we've done a lot more. Obviously, we've done TV and, and movies. And so, yeah. And so then including the two that we recorded for this episode that we're about to record for this episode, as well as the two on the way, that would make a total of 101 different movies slash TV shows we have officially talked about. So we have over hit that 100 that hundred mark. And that's, that's great. I actually have a list now of everyone's we've done because I went and deep dived. I took like a cut. Crazy. Yeah. And we already have a list of stuff on the docket for stuff that's coming out later. Like we've already stuff planned out through, 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 through to the new year. Yes. Yeah. We're almost done planning out the rest of the year. Absolutely. So yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not stopping anytime soon, obviously. Uh, you want to guess how many special guests we've had on the show? Shit, I don't know. Uh, let me see. So it's it's going to be obviously less than the amount of episodes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And we didn't have guests on 
Well, actually, we had we said it. we had guests on pretty early, almost we, yeah. like episode four. Ep- episode so, four, we've had a guest, yeah. And sometimes we've had repeated guests. So I'm not counting them as their second visit, but oh, uh, <laughs> I'm, right, not, right. I'm not counting their second visit. Just just like how many different people do you think we've had on this show? I'm gonna say twenty. Twenty. You are close. You are close. Hey, you want to go one more time? I, but you, but you are close. Ah, you, you overshot it again. Damn we it! Are <laughs> Twenty-five different people said yes to coming on this podcast. Twenty-five people. Wow. I know. That's so I know. weird. It is. Yes. And and, and some, some of them said, said yes, yes to come back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> some people said, like, you know what? I will come back. <laughs> yeah, I will. You know, I, I had a good time. I'm like, really? You really? did? <laughs> you enjoy our con- but you know it's like i told you when we were getting ready when i ri- originally came to you to start this thing i was yeah. like how many times <clears throat> excuse me have we been together or just anybody in general when you you just start talking about what you're watching and then you like i don't know i feel like everybody in the surrounding area more or less gets captivated in that conversation Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Either Especially that, either that or they want to either that or they they have some input to add in to continue that type of conversation. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like once I, you know, I've noticed that I noticed that for a really long time. And then I was just like, man, I just I would love to like document it. And I think that's just kind of where it came from. Like I just I love to talk about different content and just it's not even so much as we talk about whether it was good or not. I mean, sometimes it comes down to that uh, coffee and cream <laughs> but, uh, or the binge to name a few of some, some uh, stinkers we've watched this past year. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to, you know, to sometimes to dive into like, well, why did they write that type of story or what right. did, like, what is, what message are they trying to portray to us? Like, and just for us to talk that out, like, to talk that aspect of it out, to see what the creator wanted us, what conversation did the creator want us to have afterwards? Right. And I think yeah, that's absolutely. really what it's come down to. And a, and a lot of people, you know, they keep saying yes, and we have some great conversations with some of our guests. And so, and then we also get to learn what they do and what they contribute for production or even what they do in general of like, because, you know, we've had teachers on, we've had, you know, graphic designers on, like, it's all around the, you know, the spectrum of like, you know, you can, doesn't matter your profession, you, you know, people love movies. And so, and people like different people like different types of content. Exactly. And And it's so interesting to dive into, you know, why they like that type, why are they drawn to that particular type of content? Like, what are they getting out of it? Like, you know what, I used to think reality TV was trash. I mean, it is, but it also is. Like, I feel like, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. it is, but it also isn't. Like, there is there is value. I feel like there, you know, you can get some value out of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I you know there was some good, you know, we had, we talked an hour, over an hour with Jacqueline about that show. So, yeah. obviously, there was some great stimulating conversation that we were engrossed in that topic. Yeah, and then people would be like, well, there wouldn't be. But you would be surprised. Like, if you right. can in this entire series and if you're actually like following the story along like you're gonna have input and you're gonna have thoughts and opinions on everything that's coming up mm-hmm. and i think oh it yeah comes down to it, it it creates that conversation between people right 
And so, and also like, you know, we, as you know, we've mentioned that this episode, these records are not short. Uh, so I think we kept in mind. So we're on episode 30, Ernesto. We started putting timestamps in our description. If you guys did not know that, 21 episodes ago, we started putting descript- uh, timestamps. So uh, if you, you know, we're all busy people. If you just like the news, if you just like to hear what we're watching, or you, if you just want to hear our review or the interview from our guest, it's all written down there in, in the description for you to kind of skip ahead if you choose to. But we would like for you to listen to the whole thing, though. Yeah, but, you know, my feelings won't be hurt, but I understand that different people like different shit, you know, and that yes. maybe not everybody has the amount of time to dedicate to listen to, you know, two and a half hours, sometimes almost mm-hmm. three hours conversations. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so we're kind of doing the busy work for you guys there. Uh, we launched our new intro that you hear at the beginning of every from here on out on july 29th of this year and then we launched our new logo uh which uh on september 21st uh so we are growing we have we have uh you know i I love our intro thank you for jake for 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 working hard and making that happen for us and thank you brennan for you know also working hard and giving us a logo that represents what we want this podcast to be so you know we changed our image we got new music for you to start off and kick off every episode and so yeah we're just again we're growing with this show so um so i can't wait to see where we move on from there yeah and now it it doesn't feel it's like i've mentioned it before it just it feels like something we have to take care of mm-hmm. like like, a, like it's its own thing like we're just here we're just here, man in the ship, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and Ernesto, I have one funny story to tell you that I didn't discover until two weeks ago. Okay. In the in the description, since the since the very first episode, I have been writing. So in the description, I say that you know you know you can uh, join us and you can listen to uh you know. Ernesto and I talk about our recently watched movies and TV shows in a fun segment we like to call "What You Watching." What you watching has been misspelled this entire time. Yeah, it's 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 been W A T. It's how it's supposed to be spelled is whatcha W H A T C H A. I've been writing W A T C H A, missing the the H. So it's whatcha. been <laughs> what? <a, laughs> watch out, watch you. <laughs> <laughs> And and I and I discovered it when I was because I what I do is I copy and paste the description I I fill in the blanks here and then we move forward and so I was doing that again I'm like and then even even in the timestamps I was screwing it up there too and so I was like wait wait I was like oh oh I, this is wrong I'm like oh, was it wrong last week I'm like has it always been wrong sure enough yeah all the way yep. the all the way. Since the very first ones, you're not going to find it now because I, I went back and I changed all of them. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, went back and do, did my due diligence and put the H where it belongs. <laughs> so. But that being said, by the time that they hear this, they wouldn't have known. Exactly. That's exactly right. They, if they go back, they, they will not find it. So so there you go. Uh, this little fun story that I discovered literally two weeks ago. Uh, but as, as you know, as you know, this is kind of our year in review. And so the, thank you very much for everyone who is listening again. And so now we're going to get off our high horse and we're going to start with the news and we got a lot of news to talk about Ernesto. 
the biggest news of the week is Johnny Depp. I know we were talking about this last week, and the it just kind of been escalated from from this point. So uh, Johnny Depp had been asked by Warner Brothers to resign from the role as Grindelwald in future installments of the Fantastic Beast films, following ongoing abuse allegations between Depp and actress Amber Heard. And in a recent libel case Depp had against the Sun, the Sun newspaper, Depp, Johnny Depp respected that request and agreed to it. So because of everything that's happening with this, you know, with this ongoing abuse allegations, Warner Brothers felt it was right to move on and no longer have Johnny Depp in that franchise. And so with that, a couple of days went by. And, um, well, Warner Brothers said in a statement that Johnny Depp will depart from the franchise. We thank Johnny for all of his work on the films to date. Fantastic Beast 3 is currently in production, and the role of Grindelwald will be recast. So, currently, they're in production right now, and I guess you need to replace, you need a replacement fairly soon. So they decide, not decided, but there's early talks right now that uh, Mads Mikkelsen, is an early talk to replace Johnny Depp in the role of Grindelwald. Uh, he is uh, he is known for portraying the role Doctor Hannibal Lecter in the TV series Hannibal and Glenn Erso in Rogue One. So Ernesto, that's uh, that's a kind of a lot going on there in a short amount of time. What were your thoughts on that? Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Well, it was interesting because when this came out, and this just could just be my ignorance or the I don't really follow celebrity news. I didn't know that there was an issue between him and his wife, mm. um, what was going on. So just that in general was shocking. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I literally don't know the specifics of the situation. But from what I understand, like either it happened or it didn't happen, and then like her, is it her? Her company's not dropping her, but even though it was proven that he didn't do it, like I'm very. There's, yeah, there's it, a lot. It's, it's, there's a lot there. Just there before be, before even the whole you even get to the recast. There's just a whole there's a whole lot going on with Johnny Depp and his wife that just right. By honest, just it just it feels bad as a celebrity because your your dirty laundry sh- just shouldn't be out there like that. Like I don't know right. that sh- that should be your own your own personal business. But I guess that's the price you pay when you become a celebrity. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So like I mean because you know. Because of this, obviously, I think the Sun, the Sun newspaper, kind of like was kind of on the side of Amber, and then I think there has been—I'm not sure if there is proof—but at this point, is he said, she said situation, and Warner Brothers didn't want any of that. Um, so, but currently, Amber Heard is is going to be in uh, Aquaman too. Yeah. So, so, but Warner Brothers had not had not dropped her from this from the movie. Uh, but he, they did with Johnny Depp. And so a lot of there's a lot of love for Johnny Depp in the situation. They believe that he did not do anything wrong. Uh, yeah. I've been seeing uh, what, what was it? Um, I'm there's a hashtag going around Free Johnny favor. Depp or something like that. Yeah, something along those lines is like, you know, I'm for Johnny Depp in this scenario. Um, and so they disbelieve that she's just crazy and lying. But, you know, there's some allegations saying that there is some proof to that. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in that situation. Um, but at least for the movie news in general, he will no longer be in the Fantastic Beast franchise, which aside from what's going on in as a movie role, like and as a character, 
I wasn't that big of a fan of the second installment of Fantastic Beasts. So yeah. losing <laughs> him in that role for me, honestly, is not a big loss because yeah. I wasn't that connected with that character nor the franchise in general. Plus, it's you're talking about a world of magic, so it's pretty difficult to write him off and change it. He could easily have a face changing spell, or mm-hmm. you know, or even if you just progress the story. Mads Mikkelsen is he's he looks significantly older than Johnny Depp, at least. Oh yeah. Perspective. Um, so I could see, you know, you could easily write the story as in, as uh, Grindelwald older, as an older Grindelwald, maybe, right. you know, another part in the time, another, you know, way further in the timeline, closer to the, closer to the end of his life. Not like yeah. super old, but you know, he's, he's middle-aged, Mad Mikkelsen. Right. And, and I, and I kind of like Mad, Mads Mikkelsen in this role. I feel like that he is not at, like Johnny Depp is very recognizable and you kind of expect a certain level of. I guess you, you expect a certain level of like uh, gravitas when it comes to Johnny Depp, but I feel like with Mad Mickelson, he's not as well known as Johnny Depp, and therefore he can really create his own into this character and kind of redevelop it into maybe be something a little bit more engaging and exciting for the role. There are still three more movies left in this in this franchise. Really? Why? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I would think that Mads Mikkelsen is pretty, I mean, he's pretty, he's got to be pretty known. Like he's, his, his list is pretty extensive. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not sure if it just hit the level of fame as Johnny Depp is what I'm saying. Oh, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, comparably, yes. But yeah. I mean, he's done, like, I really enjoyed him in Rogue One. Like I thought he did yeah, really Yeah, he did well. a great job in Rogue One. Yeah. And he I never saw the hand of something else. He was also in something else that I really liked and I can't remember what it is, but I guess it must have been that good, if I can't remember. Um, a lot of yeah, people loved him as Dr. Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal TV series, so um, I, I think he'll be good for this role. I'm, I'm excited to see him in it. Uh, I am a little sad to lose Depp in his kind of unfortunate circumstances, but I think if, this, if these early talks are true and he does get the role, um, I think this could be a good fit for the franchise, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I could yeah. see it working in a bunch of different ways, but but if they got three more movies, I mean, I he's know. he's strapping in. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much further in the timeline you're trying to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so right now, Fantastic Beasts three is currently in production, uh, and recently it was pushed back from its November 2021 release date. So we're not even going to be seeing this movie till July 15, 2022. So we're still like a year and a half away from seeing this. So we're going to completely forget about all of this until, yes. we, until we see a trailer for it. And we're going to go, oh, yeah, they did change Mad Mickelson. Remember, it used to be Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And remember, this movie comes out in 2022, and we still have two more after that. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but speaking of more movie delays that happened over the last week, MGM Studios pushed back the release date for the Aretha Franklin biopic titled Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson, by seven months and will now be released on August 13, 2021. And 20th Century Studios delayed uh, the release of Ryan Reynolds' uh, Free Guy and the mystery drama Death on the Nile. And there's no release date on when that has been pushed back. But it will be sometime in 2021, no longer in 2020. Uh, so now this leaves only Wonder Woman 
as Wonder Woman 1984 as the biggest 2020 relief left standing. Uh, it's scheduled to have a Christmas Day release and in theaters, but in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before Warner Brothers delay the film as well, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually really sad about the Respect movie. Yeah. Like, I think that looks really good. Jennifer Hudson, mm-hmm. she's such a good... Like she, she's such a great singer. And the fact that Aretha Franklin picked her before she died. That's right. I remember hearing about that. That like, that's, I mean, can you imagine having the weight of a character like that on you? It's like, she picks you to play her in the movie and then she unfortunately passes away. Yeah. And then you have like, you have to live with that, like that gravitas. Like you have to live with the gravity of that on you as you portray that. Like, you have she, a lot of shoes to fill there. That's what I'm saying. And I, I mean, and it's Aretha Franklin. Like, you got to bring mm-hmm. it. Like, like oh, yeah. I have a feeling, Absolutely. like, this movie, that's going to be one to watch out for. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the movie to watch. That's going to be, I think that's going to be, yeah, I think that's going to yeah. be one, like, we're going to be talking Oscars for that one. At least yeah, I, I, I would hope so. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, I'm sure she was an Oscar contender because this movie was originally supposed to be released like in in the fall, so like right now. And then it got pushed back to like closer to Christmas. But honestly, in my opinion, I think this would have been a great movie to put on on demand. Yeah. Like, well, I think. Mm, no, I no, I if I'm going to watch this movie, I want to see this movie in Dolby. OK, I wanna, all right. I want Jennifer Ludd. Hudson to f- her vibrations to feel my body <laughs> in the theater. Like I want to. Ernesto wants R E S B E C T. I want to hear it on the chair. Find out what it means to me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like singing movies, action movies. Those are the movies. Those are those are the ones that to be fully engulfed, you have to see it in the theater. Like those are wrong. those are must sees in the theater. Yeah. So, I mean, let's see if MGM made the good call on that. But uh, I, I could I could have honest, honestly, I could have seen this at home and people would enjoy it. But they, I think they have, uh, you know, they want to they, they have bigger hopes for this. And that's why they pushed it back. I feel. Yeah. Like. It's just sad that like I yes, I understand why the theaters are doing it and I get it. Well, I'm sorry why the um, production companies are doing it, why they're withholding right. releases. They want to get the best bang for their buck. But I feel like you got to give us if you want the theaters to stay alive, you need to give a little bit at a time. Just like right. you got to give something you got to give something good to the theaters. Like you got to just kind of like what Warner Brothers did with Tenet. You know, you know, you're not going to make all your money, but you, you're you going to get something back. Right. And then that but that little bit, that little push helps the theaters out for a few weeks. It yeah, tell, it, you does. Know, it got, got It got quite a few people to go back to the theaters. You got to little by little give us reasons to go back. You can't right. do it. Oh, you can't just do these. I feel like these mat. What's going to happen is that we're going to get these massive drops of movies. Like oh week, yeah, it's going to be like epic blockbuster week after week after week <laughs> after week. That's, but that's what I'm afraid of because then then you're going to get that like overcrowding and then it's going to get the market's going to get flooded and then these movies probably won't get the time to breathe that they that they should get to breathe. Right. Whereas and there are now. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, well, I was just gonna say that if you give us you give us these movies now, little by little. You know, these would have been great movies. You know, somebody may have bought them. They could have been, or they could have been on streaming for the holidays. You know. Right. Mhm. Yeah, and and I think some some studios are still doing that. They're kind of giving the theaters a little movie. Like there's at least one at least one new release every week 
that seems to be the trend for the last couple of months. And honestly, coming up, uh, you have Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn. Uh, it's from Blumhouse, and that looks oh, pretty yeah. good, and, and they're giving that to the theaters. So I think that can do fairly well when there's nothing else out right now. So the, the, some studios are kind of giving them a break, but yeah, I, I would be very curious if Wonder Woman keeps that spot. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if it moves to 2021. But early, like right now, there are some rumblings, and I'll be very, very surprised if they decide to do HBO Max. That would be a huge blow to the theaters if they did that. Um, so I, I think they're going to push it back. And I think, you know, I think it'll be worth the wait. And hopefully for all of these movies, it will be worth the wait. And when these movies are being released, we're all comfortable going back to the theater. Because if we're, if we're not, and we're approaching this, you know, March, April, when these movies or these big movies are about to come out, they're going to have to come up with a different plan because they can't keep pushing these movies back. Yeah. And then what I mean, I don't mean like they're not releasing anything. What I mean is that like, in respect to like tenant you need i maybe like once a month we need one big blockbuster a month right like look like how long did tenant ride the number one train because nothing else was out nothing else was yeah. really out that was comparable like on right. that level you know like they could have done what was well what were the ones that were supposed to come out in october like originally weren't there was uh, one in october and one in, in november i know that black widow was november yeah black widow november and it was actually wonder woman for october See, if they could have done both of those, and then that would have gotten people a reason to, to continue to go to the movies. Continue. Because oh, yeah. then there would have been that overlap with people who are seeing Wonder Woman, and now they see, oh, there's another big movie that's out. I can go see that one, you know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, so again, we are big movie theater people, so we don't want to see that go away. So hopefully, you know, we, we figure out a system to make it work. Um, and And also, again, for profitable for the movie theater, because that's that's the only reason why they're pushing back these movies because they don't feel like it's profitable. Yeah, so there, there needs to be a middle ground somewhere. So hopefully yeah, we exactly. can get that soon. Um, so moving away from the theaters, though, Netflix has announced that it will produce a live-action Assassin's Creed television series based in the popular video game franchise. Uh, gaming company U- uh, Ubisoft would be uh, the executive producer for the series, and they say this will be the first of multiple new projects so before i move on ernesto have you played assassin's creed and do you like that franchise like gaming franchise yeah dude i remember i'm old so i grew up yeah. with like the original <laughs> assassin's creed <laughs> yeah so i i mean i love the assassin's creed game i kind of dropped off because there's so many but which yeah. is interesting for this because this could potentially each season could be like a different game Exactly. You know, yeah. You know, one one could be the Egyptian one. I don't remember the name. One could be Black Flag. One yeah. could be there's. I mean, there's so many. There's so many Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, and like, I mean, you could do the original. You could do the original one. I mean, and then there's the movie canon. I never saw the movie. I heard. Oh, it was you not. didn't? Oh no, it wasn't. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassbender did his best, but that movie was was hot garbage. I'm sorry. It was <laughs> It, I mean, it was a movie. It was a movie. That's could, what that was. It could really, realistically, with like any of these projects that could come out, these video game, TV series, like Dark and Gritty is probably what they're going to go for. Yeah. Um, it could really go either way. They could either be really, really good or really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think Assassin's Creed will serve better as a TV series. There's a lot to unpack there and a yeah. lot of story to tell, and I don't think the movie 
was a good idea. I mean, you, you lay down the groundwork in the movie, but it, it was a poor execution. And you know that this is a good, viable franchise and story because the video games are so popular and you can go to different areas and different time periods. And, you know, it, it's basically like you were saying, every if you're doing a franchise like movie wise, a, every movie could have been in a different time period. But what's even better for a TV series that each season can be in a different time period and you can develop like eight to ten episodes in each area and really build on character. And so I think this could really work. And under the belt of Netflix, I think we can really do some some good work here. I think so. Yeah. And what's cool is that, you know, that, you know, obviously Assassin's Creed is not 100 percent, you know, historically accurate, but they do talk about historical events throughout history. Like, you know, they're like within they're like an echo within the game. You know, they're like kind of like little like a dash of, hey, here's a little pinch of history while you're learning. There's, you know, there's there's that. It's got some educational stuff in there that could help (laughs) out a little bit. It's great for the entire family. (laughs) (laughs) Do not, no, well, cover your eyes. Don't watch him kill that guy. (laughs) No, no, no. They nope. just really focus on the historical moments that you're yeah. <laughs> you're surrounded by. <laughs> nope. Don't don't watch him pull that blade out of his wrist and kill that. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Oh, oh yeah. I'm gonna pay for that right. therapy bill later. <laughs> <laughs> um but also what's very interesting that they said this would be the first of multiple new projects. So I don't know if they're actually it's or specifically talking about multiple projects for Assassin's Creed, but the way I read it was that Ubisoft is responsible for other popular gaming franchises like Watch Dogs, Far Cry, the Tom Clancy first-person shooters, and Prince of Persia. So if Assassin's Creed does really good, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship between uh, Ubisoft and Netflix to potentially see some of these shows or movies come to light under, you know, like Watch Dogs and Far Cry and Prince of Persia. I particularly would like to see Prince of Persia. I, like... I stumbled upon Prince of Persia as a kid. I remember we were in high school and we just walked in, me and my friends, we walked into a GameStop and we're like, oh, what's this Prince of Persia game? And it was when the first one came out, you know, it was on their use. So we brought it home. We do. We burned through the whole the whole first one. We're like, when does the next one come out? (laughs) And we played all like one, two and like the first three, those one, two and three. It's like a it's like a like a trilogy story. Like, oh, nice. It's really good. Did you ever see the movie? Uh, with Jack Jill, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I don't know. I, so I, 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 I kind of liked yeah. it. I, I was wondering what you were gonna say. I was about to defend it because I kind of liked it too. But I think yeah, no. I, I think we fanboy over it a little bit because we were so enthralled with the game because the storyline is really good. Like yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, but I do think what it, maybe the same thing with the movie there is that with a lot of these video games, if they don't realize is how detailed these stories are because obviously they need to have a long enough storyline to have you play for a long time. So a lot of these games, these gaming franchises have very detailed and intricate stories, but they have to be told correctly. Otherwise the story doesn't really make sense. Right. I I can see that. And so like, I, you know, I never played the Prince of Persia games, but what I liked about the Jake Gyllenhaal Disney version of Prince of Persia was uh, I'm I'm still big into time travel. I like messing with time, and so that aspect really I was you know enthralled by it, and therefore I enjoyed the movie. It it would did not fare well in the box office or uh, critically, but you know whatever with them, I enjoyed it. I love it. You, you can yeah. go. I think it's on Disney Plus. You guys, can go I think watch so. It. Yeah. I really I like it. 
That's I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. But also, I think, uh, at least going back to the Netflix announcement, I think this could be, you know, we could see, you know, finally some some quality video game adaptations maybe done right. So I, I see a lot of good potential here, and hopefully they can, you know, do some good. Because if we have, you know, more bad video game movies, it's just it's never, we're never going to get a break here. That's going to be the last nail in the coffin. They're going to be like, that's it. We're done. The only yeah. movie we can, the only video game movie we can make is Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only that's one that's it. working. <laughs> that's the only one that's working right now. Uh, you know, Sony, as they just finished wrapping, uh, filming on Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg. So that's in the horizon as well. So we'll see. Video games are having a rise. I just don't know if they're going to. See, but you're a big Uncharted fan. so I am. Now, knowing like how like like you love those games from yeah. I mean, you told me you love those games, so you know the storyline. So yeah. how hard are how hard are you gonna critique this movie? I'm pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be pretty I, hard. Like I, I'll keep an open mind, but like they're also going a younger version, so they might. So it's not gonna tie directly into the franchise. Nathan Drake isn't. He's, he's older in the video games. There was a couple chapters in the third game where they kind of dive into his childhood. So I think they might take a little piece of that in the movie and then expand on it from there. That's my guess. Okay. I mean, they, so, I guess they would kind of have to. Yeah. But so then, so then, maybe they're not. So they're not going to replay the video game. So maybe they're just no. going to take that little piece and then create a storyline that leads to where where that is. Right. And I would love to, you know, if 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 this is a great franchise and Tom Holland grows into the role and they start catching up to the actual video game, I'm all for that. But again, I'm, I'm putting a Mark very, Walker. yeah, Mark Walker. <laughs> Transformer. <laughs> Drake, I found another clue. <laughs> it's over here. It's something to describe. That's it's That's behind the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, shut up, Marky Mark. This isn't Blue's Clues. <laughs> oh, All right, we're going to move on from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we have fun. <laughs> yeah. We have fun here. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh, yeah, but I, I have, I have, you know, my hopes are very low. My expectations are very low, uh, and so if it's if it's really good, then I'll just be ecstatic. I'll, I'll go back everything on my ward. I'll be like Ernesto. I told you that was going to be a good movie. I told you this whole time. <laughs> I almost want to watch it with you because I want to I want to just watch your expression to see either you like rage against this movie or like actually be like enthralled. <laughs> enthralled, yeah. Because it's gonna be there's not gonna be no in between. It's either you're right. gonna. You're going to be really pissed or you're going to be really happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree to that. So time will tell. We'll make that happen, Ernesto. Whenever this movie comes out, we'll make sure to see it at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, well, switching gears a little bit on a, on a sadder note, though. Yeah. Uh, and lastly and sadly, we lost a few Hollywood icons here over the last week. Uh, Sean Connery, most famously known for playing James Bond, uh, passed away this past Halloween at the age of 90. And so that was a that was a hard hit as far as like, you know, Hollywood icons uh, in movie history. He obviously played James Bond. I actually know him more 
from playing Indiana Jones' dad in, in The Last Crusade. Uh, that's kind of one of my favorite roles from him. I didn't really grow up or follow his James Bond run. And I know he did a lot of other uh, movies throughout his career, but I think those are the two more notable ones. Um, I never really saw him as James Bond. I remember him, um, what's that movie? The Rock? Red Rock? The Rock. With, yeah, Rock. with, uh, with Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, directed yeah. by uh, Michael Bay. Yeah, that's what I that's what I remember him from. And then you know I hear his reference that everybody's like Sean Connery. You know I yes. can't, obviously obviously I can't do it. But you know and he's been in a, I've seen him in you know he's played different movies here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I mean, he it's, was. It's sad. It, that's that's a hard blow. And then also we lost another icon this a couple of days ago, Alex Trebek who is uh, definitely most famously known for being the host of Jeopardy for, for I don't know, at least four or five decades. Uh, he is the guy, and uh, he passed away on November 8th uh, at the age of 80 years old. So Sean Connery at 90 and Alex Trebek at 80. So they definitely lived a life and definitely were prominent in the roles that they were in. He hosted, according to Biography.com, Alex Trebek hosted Jeopardy for 30 years. 30 years, wow. That's insane. Imagine doing the same thing every day for 30 years and you are loving what you're doing for 30 years. That would That's, be you yeah, hosting yeah. a fucking game show. That would be you yeah. hosting a game show. I would love that. <laughs> I'm sure you look at Alex Trebek and be like, man, dude, you live to the dream. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know and he he just finished battling. I don't I, I don't remember what type of cancer, but he just had uh, cancer. Yeah. Patri- uh, patriotic. Patriac gets cancer. I, I said that wrong. Pancreatic. Pancreatic. Yes. Yeah. That's the cancer he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like sad he, he made that announcement. Yeah, it is sad. He made that announcement back in either March or May of last year, and he has been battling through that. And uh, I, I, I'm assuming you know he was either he was either still battling with it or you know he he overcame it. But you know eventually you know. Uh, we all come to this, you know, to this point of our lives where we pass on. And so, uh, unfortunately, this was his time. But he definitely left a long legacy behind him um, as being, you know, you know, I, I can't meet one person who has not seen Jeopardy. Yeah, seriously. At least yeah. one episode. At least one episode. You sat down and watched one episode and learned a thing or two on that. Matthew, you've created game shows based off of Jeopardy. That is correct. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have, and it, it, it's it's fun. It's it really is, and I think the show is great. Uh, I don't. I feel like the show is too smart for me. But yeah, same. When 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 you know the answer, Ernesto, you feel like a fucking genius when, when you you do, especially when there's a movie category. Now, my grandmother, she also had passed away a couple of years ago, but she loved that show. And every time there was like a movie category, I'm like, all right, move aside. This is mine. I'm gonna get every one yeah. of these correct. Um. But but yeah, he he is definitely a big loss. Uh, I was gonna say I think what, but one hundred percent why people enjoy that show is because of him. Because oh yeah, absolutely. Like like you said, if it was just some dry guy like reading like really smart answer, you know, really like really hard questions that you know maybe a lot of people who know trivia, whether you know trivia or not, that's you know, some people like we were just saying like you know like you feel like. The show's too smart for you, but he right. makes it entertaining that you want to watch and learn. Like exactly. he did, that, that's what he brought to Jeopardy. You know, he brought that level that you know people can learn and be entertained with the game show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So uh, both Sean Connor and Alec Trebek, rest in peace. We will miss you on, on our TV screens. And uh, But yeah, that's all the news I have for you guys this week. So now we're going to move on to what you're watching. Everybody strap in because it's been a while since we've done one of these. And so we've been watching a lot. Ernesto, I know you got a long uh, list, so let's get started with you. All right, give, give me a second. Let me uh, pull up my notes. <laughs> okay, get the <laughs> scroll out and get the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I started the show. I think I briefly talked about it when we had uh, Brandon on uh, the show the third day with Jude oh. Law. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hated it. I couldn't finish it. It was one of those. <laughs> I literally got. I literally got to the season finale to the finale and I said I cannot finish watching this. Really? Like, I, I just you know what? And maybe it just wasn't for me. It was just really out there. Like they just had like crazy plot lines like going to everywhere. Apparently this place is supposed to be like the birth of civilization. I just it initially it caught my interest, um, but it I couldn't even finish. That's how that's how bad it was. Wait, did you say that you got up into the season finale and then stopped? Yeah. Wow, so you were like, I've invested however many episodes to this, and then when you get to the end, you're like, I don't care anymore. You're like, you didn't even, you didn't even care to watch the other hour of it. Yeah. I'm going to tell wow. you how many episodes there were right now, because I don't even know. I don't even know. That's that's how that's how much I cared about watching this. <laughs> there six episodes. So you've already to- invested five hours. Yeah, I got to episode six, and I was like, I'm good. Like, there's wow. certain, there may be like certain story elements within it that I thought were kind of interesting, but it wasn't. It, even that wasn't interesting enough to help me finish the series. Right. Wow. But okay. Jude Law, right. but Jude, but Jude Law was good. He he kind of yeah. played a a crazy guy who was enthralled in this world. Um. So yeah, there was that. That's how. That's how. <laughs> I, that's what started it. Um, I started it, and that was on HBO. In case anybody else is interested, to um, in that, uh, also on HBO, The Undoing, the new show with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Yeah, um, how's that? It is. It is really good. It's okay. really good. Um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a murder mystery. Kind of like a whodunit, but uh, there's like, so, you know, there's some drama revolving around the murder. You know, very. Of course. Very. Yep. Very, it's like you know the formula's there, but you got Nicole Kidman, you got Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is great. I I always enjoyed him as an actor, so I thought it, they they have really great chemistry together. So I thought that I think that's going really well. Um, okay. I had the experience to see the second Borat movie. Oh. It was on Prime. Um, yeah. I I don't have much to say about it, but that. It was a movie that was made. Really? It's 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 not and it almost makes you wonder what you liked about the first one. I guess maybe this I don't know if the humor didn't age well, but it's I mean it had some parts like if you like if you thought some parts of it were funny, then uh I guess you wouldn't I guess you could enjoy it, but I I don't know. It was a kind of kind of hit or miss for me. I know Sasha Baron Cohen is the one to push brown uh, brownies. He's the one to push boundaries in in his films. And I'd actually never seen Borat, and and I had very little interest of seeing the sequel or the second one. What actually got me interested 
was I know this is like base. It's heavily, uh, you know, what he wanted to push this movie out, and I think he made sure to have this movie out and sign this deal with Amazon um, to have it pushed out before the election because it was very heavy relating to this year's election. And I was talking with Chris, and he said he really enjoyed the movie. So the fact that you said you didn't like it, uh, now I'm kind of torn on but, my, my, you know. Where or, I stand. or you know what? Maybe maybe I have aged out of that kind of humor, and I don't want to say that mm. I'm like I don't mean to make it uppity, but it's just right. I didn't find like I remember laughing at the first one, I, how like how ridiculous it was. I do think it's kind of interesting that you know that he does it live and that he just springs up on people and shit like, and that's right. you know he uses very similar to the first one. He uses live footage, but what's interesting is that like in the movie, like everybody recognizes him as Borat. Right. Like everybody sees him on the street. They're like, oh, very nice. How much? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like some of that stuff and like some of that stuff was kind of funny, but it, it just for me, it didn't land the same as it as it did the first time. OK, and that's like the, that's like the it's like the best way I would explain it. But but, you yeah. know, at the end, there there was a there was a big message about voting. You know, mm-hmm. there's one there's one part where. Where Sasha Baron Cohen and the other main lead, where they like ambush in an interview with Rudy Giuliani. Right, they take, I heard about that. They, yeah, and then that that I mean, so there are some there are some things to be seen in the episode in the right. in the movie in the film. Yeah, I heard that that was the main thing I heard about that movie. On that and the Trump that there. and that and then at the Trump the stuff that they show at the Trump rallies. Yeah, I heard about that as well. Yeah. So I, I am interested. I, I if I if I get to it, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts when I do see it. It's not on the top of my list, but based on you know what Chris was saying, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll give it a look. But now you know I'll hold my reserve because now it doesn't sound like you're enjoy you didn't like the movie either, or you didn't like the movie yeah. as much as he did. Yeah, but you know maybe you might like it. I don't know. I might. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely give it a chance eventually. Yeah. Um, and I I took my son to the movie theater and we saw the war on. The War with Grandpa, the new Robert De Niro kind of like slapstick funny movie. Um, yes. I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. Like I thought, really, it was, yeah. But it, but I walked into that movie knowing exactly what I was getting myself into. Of course, and that's exactly what it was. You got and Uma Thurman's in it. Uh, Rob Riggle, yeah. What? They, yeah. So like it was, they were funny. Like I, like I don't know. I the chemistry was there. Like and some of the slapstick humor was it was actually kind of funny. Like I don't know. Like they do. Like <laughs> the grandpa and the and the and the grandson are going at it because the grandpa wants to get his he wants to get his room. The grandson wants to get his room back because he's been forced to live in the attic so that her father can live with them. And so it's like you know you're watching Robert De Niro go to war with a little kid. So, <laughs> well, it's a ridiculous I mean? premise. <laughs> it is, but guess what? It's a ridiculous movie. Like, yeah. yeah. But you know, Isn't Christopher Walken's in it too. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Walken. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he, <laughs> he he gives a nice little cameo. Um, it's it was it was an interesting watch. I definitely think okay. if you have like a like a ten year old who's into that kind of humor, that's that's the movie to go take him to go see. Cause I, okay. I thought it was pretty funny. Robert De Niro was funny. And then, you know, there's like a good wholesome message at the end of it. I, I would have been surprised if there wasn't one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually don't remember if I mentioned this to you. Did, uh, I watched American murder, the family next door. Yes, you, you did. That, right. I have seen it. Yes. 
Okay. I think I think I may have mentioned it last when we when we had Brandon on. Yeah, um, yeah, you did mention it. Yep. But it that was a that was a crazy documentary. Indeed. Like, yes. Indeed. If you haven't seen it, this I don't even want to tell you anything. You just just go watch it. It's not even yeah. like it's just one it's like basically it's a movie. It's like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It, it's all it's got all the Facebook footage and like text messages, phone calls, just Yeah. If you're into that type of thing, go like those true crime stuff. Like, go watch that. It's crazy. Yeah, it has. It definitely has your twists and turns for sure. Definitely. Um, I and then I watched the entire season of Queen's Gambit on Ooh. Netflix. Have How's you that? Seen that? Did you get I a chance? Ha- it, to watch it? it is on. So Megan wants to watch it. I think I would have started it today, but Megan wants to watch it. She's been working all day, so. I am waiting for her, and we will be watching it very soon. It was – I really, really enjoyed it. There is, okay. it, there, it got kind of slow a little bit in the middle. You know, it's based off of a book, and it shows this woman's, you know, trials and tribulations as she tries to become the world champion in chess. And, you mm-hmm. know, they found, they found a way to make chess interesting. Like, I think, like, chess is an interesting game. But what I mean is, like, to show it cinematically in a movie right like to make that interesting like and it just like they go over different specifics of the game and like different theories they just they they like make it like an an exciting like heist drama like like she's got to figure out the next she's got to figure out what to do to beat the next player oh you know? okay and this this is a series not not a movie it's a limited series it's a limited series yes yeah yes. it stars anna taylor joy who i think if I, she looks very familiar. I think it's the girl from New Mutants. It is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was in, she was in Split. I didn't realize that she was in Split. I'm looking yeah, at her. Yeah, she was, she was in Split and um, uh, Glass. She was in the M Night Shyamalan uh, film franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I really, she's great. She's great in this series. She does a really great job. Um, she really, she's like, really, you know, the, obviously she's a main character, but she's definitely, she's definitely a standout. Yeah, I um uh I remember watching the trailer and I was really enthralled by the trailer. I was like, this looks good. It's currently been on number one on Netflix for the last week, so it's definitely on the top of my watch list for sure. Yeah, um, and that's all I got, Matthew. Okay. Sorry, actually. Uh, one more. Well, actually, I have two more. Me and Julian, we're still powering through uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Still, there's really nothing else really to report there. We're just really mm-hmm. enjoying it. <laughs> like you know, it's his first time watching it, and it's just now it's become something that we do together, you know. Of course. You know, and it's like now where he's like into to where like finding these characters, and it's like it seems like halfway through the series is when they started throwing some really like every now and then you get a serious you get that serious family episode that yeah. like caused that like causes the conversations to happen. So I just I really appreciate that. And like that's a show from the '90s that I mm-hmm. still think. You know, even halfway through the series, yeah, every now and then there's like a couple of dated jokes. There's they like mention people from the nineties from the or from that time that, you know, I have to like explain to him who these people are. But for the most part, like you can it still holds weight today. Like a lot right. of it still can still pretty much carry over. Um and I watched season four. Oh, you had a question? Like you had you had a question. Well, no, I was I was gonna say that I hope that uh, you know, it, it sounds like that it's not only is it a bonding moment for you 
and and uh, and your son, but also to in, to start and and engage with interesting conversations about certain things me he might have even thought about or had questions about what was going on in the show. So it seems like a, a really sh- a good bonding moment between between you and, and Julian. Yeah, and then you know it's funny because I try not to turn it on, but like whenever I watch something, I just I can't. I can't help it. Like my brain just like you just already start, you know, you just already start like analyzing stuff and you look at right. different things. So like I like that he's becoming open to those kind of conversations. So like, you know, what did you get from this? Like what did mm-hmm. you like are you are you really are you processing what happened in the episode? Like do you understand right. like, you know, cause and effect, how they got to X, Y, and Z. And it can be super stuff, but you can you can make it meaningful. Like it doesn't right, have to exactly. be TV. You can make the experience of watching something together meaningful and, you know, and, and that give it some value. Right. Right. Uh, and also for me, completely opposite of mindful TV. I watched season four of Rick and Morty. <laughs> 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 well, I guess, well, Rick and Morty is like one of those like smart adult comedies, very nihilistic. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like. I really enjoyed. I don't even remember the name. They have another show that uh, we talked about. Ah, geez, they have another show on Hulu, and I can't. I can't remember the name of it right now. Oh, is um, it Solar Opposites? Um, I think it might be. With, I think that with, is with the aliens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Solar. Opposites. Well, I like that. So I like that show too. Um, so it's that same type of humor, and I. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Like in it, like, you know, they throw like a couple of, you know, it's very culturistic comedy, like very South Park esque kind of yeah, comedy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. So. <laughs> cause that, well, cause I, you, you, you're either in the camp, you either really, you either like think it's garbage and you hate it or you like really love it. I've never really met somebody in between. I, I don't think it's garbage. It just is not for me. I tried to watch Rick and Morty. People are telling me it's great. And they're like, I don't know why you don't like it. It's basically back to the future. And I'm like, you're not wrong. And so then I started it. And then I'm like, no, I'm not not feeling it. It's just not that type of like adult cartoon humor is just not for me. The like I'm not a I feel like South Park, it's like not really a hit or miss. Like I feel like I can like one or two episodes out of a season, but not as a whole thing. Um, and, and the same with like, like family guy. Uh, I, I, if anything, I'll probably watch more episodes of family guy. I used to like that when I was like in my teenage years. Um, but yeah, a lot of those, it just doesn't hit me. I rather, in my opinion, I rather watch something else. You know, what's one I haven't watched that everybody loves and raves about is Bob's burgers. Oh yeah. Or Ali was like really, a, he's a really big fan of Bob's burgers. I might have to give that one a one because I think I think that I would enjoy that. So I think I, I kind of want to give that one a one. It seems like a more adult version of The Simpsons. Probably. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is that all you got? That is all I have, my friend. All right. Um, so the last time we recorded, it was like right before Halloween. So we were getting into the spooky moments, the spooky vibes. <laughs> And um, so Megan, you know, she wanted to watch her her, her Halloween fa- favorites. So we watched Hocus Pocus. And I've never I never liked the movie. I never you know, there's a lot of love for the for the Hocus Pocus. I'm not one of those people who give it love. Uh, <laughs> but I, since I was in the mood of spookiness, I was like, you know what? I will watch this with you and I will give it a second chance. 
And I watched it, and I'm like, I still don't get it. <laughs> I don't know why people love this movie. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I love, like, uh, Brett Midler, uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, and I'm not familiar with the third actress's name who plays the third witch. But the three of them are great. I think, like, yeah. standalone, the, those three as witches and what they've been doing throughout the whole movie were, like, really good acting-wise. They're, like, it's like it's a good balance between wacky and crazy and... And, and there's a charm to that. Like, you're almost rooting for them to do – to kill children. <laughs> but you're not. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, a not a good thing. But but they're likable in, in the movie. And But the kids in that movie are just like, oh, my God. You guys are bad. You guys are really, really bad. This movie, <laughs> you guys are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this, the movie's not good. Megan tells me I'm absolutely wrong. I'm going to sit on this high horse. This is not a good movie. And I'll, I'll – yeah. It's so, like if Megan wants to watch it every year, that's fine. I can. It's it's a watchable movie, but I don't find any a lot of enjoyment out of it. I don't think it's great. So I would have to say that I don't love the movie, but I also don't hate the movie. Like I like okay. it. Yeah. Like I think the like I think like you said, I think the strongest part about it is Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the other witch who I can't remember her name. <laughs> 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 I think their performances standalone are the strongest thing about that film but you have to look at it as like a cheesy disney channel movie like you can't like well like what are you going to compare it to you're going to compare it to tenant no you can't compare it to (laughs) like like, what are you like what what are you comparing what what is your comparison to it when you say that it's bad um well i like um and the other the other movies that we saw were halloween town i really like the halloween town movies and i and i I'm not a fan of Hocus Pocus. I think the kids are way better in it. I think the story is stronger. And I feel like there is the same level of like kid-like wonder and campiness to it. But I, I like it. I mean, maybe because I grew up with Ho- with Halloween Town and not really Hocus Pocus. And so like I get that nostalgia factor in it. But like I'm I'm fine uh, with I think the storyline for Halloween Town is pretty solid, in my opinion. So there's a, I think. I think it's a few things. I think, yes, it is. I think part of it is because you grew up with it. Another thing is that if you look at the amount of story content between Hocus Pocus and the Halloween Town franchise, like there's yeah. more story and characters to explore. So if you've already watched them all, of course you're going to feel, you know, you have a certain connection. But I, I, I see what you're saying. Like it's just yeah. Hocus Pocus is just very campy. It it's is very. Yeah. It's a very campy. It's a very Christmas-like Halloween movie. Like that's like the best way I can explain it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, there's definitely a beginning, a middle, and an end to that movie. Um, <laughs> does it all make sense? It's not. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end. So is that? Yes, it is. So Matthew, is that below the level of it was a movie? No, no. I, I think I think we're a little bit higher than it was a movie. I think it was just it's it's okay. It's an okay movie. <laughs> so that's the next notch up. It's okay. I would say so. I, I guess that's where I, I stand that. on it. We got We got. I gotta solidify your meter. I gotta figure yes. out what what your movie level is. So I know that your top is amazing. That's the top. What's, and then the what? What's the lowest one? The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think the lowest one was like it was a movie, a movie that was a movie. It was a movie that was made. 
that's, a movie that's, that was made. That's right. Yeah, a movie that was made. That's that's the lowest tier. No, The Irishman is the length of a movie. That that's that's where The Irishman fits in. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Hocus Pocus, and then we watched Halloween Town one, two, and three, and we got about halfway through four because four is god awful. It's not. It's not a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> man. Being hypercritical with these Disney movies. Um, well, you had the same actress in the first three, and you changed up the actress in the in the fourth movie. It 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 was not a good story. It was I don't know. I don't want to get into it. But either way, first like if you ever go in to watch Halloween Town next Halloween, you know next spooky season, uh, just stop at three. Just don't even bother with four. It makes no sense and it doesn't deserve to be there. That that movie should not have been made. <laughs> that that's where that that's where that one stands. <laughs> don't make that movie. <laughs> it, it it's weird. Uh, anyway, from that, and then to continue the spookiness, uh, we watched Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. Are you familiar with that? With those two movies? Uh, my wife and I have actually seen the first one in the theaters. We actually went okay. we went on like a, we went like on a date night and we went to go see the first one, but we never got around to see the the second one. So I'm actually, I well, I guess I'm curious. I'm assuming you liked the first one because you decided to go see the second one. Yeah, so I I saw the first one a long time ago. It wasn't in theaters, but I but it was at home, and I I liked it because again it deals with time and it's it is classified as a horror movie, but it really isn't. It's not it's not that it's scary like at all. Almost, yeah. It's kind of like one of those lighthearted horror, a lighthearted horror movie. <laughs> well, would you consider it time travel, or would you consider it like more like Groundhog's Day? It's Groundhog's Day. Yeah, it's ba- it's yeah. basically Groundhog's Day with. And they even reference that in the movies. Like it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. Like what's that? You never see, you never seen Groundhog's Day? It's basically you're stuck in a time loom. That that's exactly what happened. Um, so and I liked it, but Megan had never seen it, and she was interested in watching it. So basically, for me, it was a rewatch. And I think it's still it's still a good movie. You have that twist at the end, and so I'm not, I don't want to give anything away, but there is there is it's definitely <laughs> it, it's basically like it's a it's a time loop movie. Uh, with yeah. with a horror element to it, and so like this person keeps dying at the end of the loop, and so she's trying to figure out how to end that loop. And there was a twist in there, and I think it's good. Happy Death Day to you picks up exactly where the last one left off, like to the T. Oh, nice. I kind of like when yeah. they do that sometimes. Yeah, and it went in a completely different direction that I did not know about. And I will say this because I don't want to give anything away because it was a, it was a surprise to me when it happened. But I'll take the words from the movie. Uh, like like one of the characters said, oh, this is kind of like Groundhog's Day uh, in in relation to the first one. The same character said, oh, it's kind of like Back to the Future 2. And I was like, oh, oh you're right. Yeah, it kind of is. And that's where I'll leave it. That's where I'll leave it there. OK, so so that gives, me a, that gives me a kind of an idea. But OK, yeah, exactly. And I and I was surprised with the, the different direction the movie took. So like and, and they kind of tease a third one kind of sort of and you can tell they're definitely going in a way off direction than where we started from in the first movie. Oh, um, but if they def if they I'm, I'm here for it, if they continue this, if they, if there's a happy death day three, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I think this is a uh, it, it's it's weird enough and it's campy enough. And you get a little touch of horror in that I feel like there's what draws to me is like there's a there's a level of originality to it. And that's why I like it. Okay. You know what I think what's funny about that is that not even necessarily this specifically, but like everybody has like their certain campy thing that they watch that they feel yeah. like they like you almost need to justify for it. 
it's almost like, it's yeah. like i don't know it's like i don't know i'm here for it like you know what everybody has their thing that's like that a lot of other people probably don't watch you know yeah i think so i don't think a lot of people watch this but i'm also like blumhouse does put out a lot of good movies and this is under they the really blumhouse do. banner as well uh you know earlier this year we were talking about fantasy island and that wasn't the greatest movie, but it still had enough intrigue to keep you entertained for the hour and a half. It was okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't the worst. Like I, like with the twist at the end of that one, I, f- I actually feel like they got me a little bit. I was like, oh, like I, I actually didn't see that one particular twist coming. It's like, oh, so if at least it was able to offer me a surprise that I wasn't expecting. So I liked, even if I hated everything else about the movie, they found a way to trick me. So I, so I right. appreciated the movie for that. And and I and with Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day two or to you, I was entertained throughout the whole movie. And I think there were some levels of the movie where I'm like, eh, all right, it's kind of dumb. But overall, I'm like, but I'll watch it again. Like I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um. So yeah. So we watched that, and then uh. So now we're out of the spooky season. Um. So we started watching other things. Uh. I'm caught up with the Mandalorian. Are you caught up with the Mandalorian? I have not. I'm I'm kind of waiting. And I'm okay. going to give it the binge because I, I know we're going to have an episode where we're going to dive into like the whole series. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to wait because I really I feel like with the Mandalorian and content like that, like you could either go either way. Like you could either like consume it all or you can mm-hmm. give it the week to like it like you can really enjoy it either way, I guess is what I mean to say. Like, yeah, you can get you can get that week to week and let it breathe or you can do like the full binge. Like, how how are you feeling on the on the second season? Uh, I like it, and and, and I, I don't want to give anything away. I don't really want to dive into it too much, but we have two episodes in into the second season right now, and the best way I can describe it is that we – I would say the story has not started yet, and I feel like that, that we – That is not a good sentence. Well, it's it, – <laughs> well, yeah, we are two – we're two episodes in, but it hasn't really – really expanded much from where we left off in the last season. So basically where we're at is like we had two episodes of side missions. Ah, uh, so are they kind of laying a lot of like groundwork kind of like I, for this season almost maybe? Almost. I feel like we're not there yet and like where we're going, I have no idea, but I think they are quietly laying groundwork for what what's to come this season. Like planting seeds, and they you don't even know that they're planting seeds. Exactly. John, Fa- John Favreau is pretty good at that. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, I am entertained with the episodes. I just wish that we would be progressing somewhere. And right now we're kind of on a lateral move where we're like, we're not really expanded much from where we left off last season. There are some characters that are haven't even been shown yet that I know are coming soon. So... Overall, I am I am here for the week to week. Uh, I feel like the social media will spoil it for me, so that's why I'm doing it week to week. Um, and I don't want anything spoiled for me. Like you know, I would have been upset if I knew about Baby Yoda before finding out when you watched that first episode. Yeah. So I, I feel like we could. If you hit... haven't watched the first, if you haven't even watched the first season yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think people know what a Baby Yoda is by now. He is taking you know the world that's... by storm. Okay, that's true. Because there's like yeah. there's memes, there's stickers. Like if you haven't seen a picture of even what Baby Yoda looks like, then you're not looking. <laughs> you're not. You're yeah. not. You're not looking around. <laughs> or you're blind because. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. I'm just waiting for, okay, where are we going with this? So like, if we get another week of just like a side mission, I'll be a little bit disappointed because I would like to see like, we're only eight episodes. There's only eight episodes in the season. So I'm like, what story are we trying to tell here? If we haven't even like progressed with this story that much. So I'm here for it, obviously, but, and I'm entertained regardless. Like I, I love not love, but I liked a lot the two episodes that were given so far. It's like it's very cinematic, and like yeah. it's it's it a star. And there's a lot of Easter eggs, and there's a lot of like callbacks, and so people love it. It's definitely fan servicey. Uh, but I'm waiting for the story to start, in my opinion. Did John Favreau direct the first or second episode? He actually, yes, he did. He directed the first episode. And that was the first time he directed an episode. He did not direct. He was only. Uh, he he's classified as the creator and he produced all of season one but never directed. So the second really yeah the second season season two episode one was the first episode he actually directed. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I thought he did direct at least one episode but I I looked it up and he didn't. So um, so yeah so I am enjoying uh, the Mandalorian for what it is right now. Oh that's right um, Dave Filoni Dave Filoni directed the pilot. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought it was John Favreau, but he yeah. wrote it, didn't he? Yeah, he he definitely wrote it. Yeah, okay. he did everything else but direct. <laughs> yeah, it's like you uh, can do this. <laughs> you can do this. And also Peyton Reed directed um, uh, the second episode of The Mandalorian, which is the director of Ant Man. So mm-hmm. uh, there was even a couple callbacks to Ant Man in that in that episode. So in the second the, in the in this in season two episode two or season yeah. one episode two. Uh, season two, episode two, Peyton redirected the episode. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So yeah, so I mean that's kind of fun to kind of explore. So so I'm here for it. Um, I also started The Boys. I'm two episodes into The Boys. Okay. Uh, uh I've I have watched the first two episodes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I have also done that as well. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a, it's well. been a while. Yeah. Uh, I I like where we're going. I feel like we're in the. I feel like there is more story being told. Uh, like two episodes in compared to the Mandalorian. Um, but I'm also like, I, I enjoyed the two episodes and I feel like they're laying the groundwork. So I'm interested to see where they move forward with that. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> From what I saw, it's, it's a good season. It is okay. great. The boys season two so far has been great. I, it should be relatively soon that I get to finish. We'll get to finish watching it. So hopefully we will be finished at the same time and then we can talk about it in full detail. Correct. <laughs> um, I also, for the first time, watched V for Vendetta. Did you ever watch that movie? Well, I'm sorry. What did you just say to me? Did you just say that you have never seen V for Vendetta? No. Wow. And do you understand why I'm responding this way? Yes. Okay. <laughs> for those who don't know. You can go ahead and explain, but I am extremely surprised that I can't believe you've never seen that movie before. Well, it's funny because I, you know, I paid I paid a visit to our good friend Chris, and so we, we you know, I keep up with, you know, uh, I watched The Mandalorian with him, and we started The Boys, and he was saying that, why haven't you watched V for Vendetta? And I was like, I don't know, I just haven't watched. It. He's like, all right, well, we're watching it very soon, and a couple of days ago, that was the time we started it and watched it, and uh, I was really surprised of one. Nothing was spoiled. Two, I never had any interest of watching this movie. And three, how much I enjoyed it after I finished watching it. 
Yeah, what a fucking great, great movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Remember, re- remember, remember the 5th of November. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he was telling me we should watch it because it was close to that date. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So I was like, I was like, wow, I've this this like I've seen the image. I know the mask, the, the whatever mask that is. I've I've, I've seen that before, uh, but never had any interest of watching that movie. And I don't know why, because it was a really good movie. So I really enjoyed it. Then came out 2006, I believe. Um, what is, I th- I think it's called the Guy Fox mask. Yes, you're right. It is the Guy Fox mask. Yes. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, the the story progress very quickly i felt like we were like already 30 minutes in and i made a mention and i was like oh finally we get to breathe because this movie was non-stop up until this point i feel like anyway um i thought we were gonna get a slow build up to actually see v um and we didn't it was like right almost the first frame so they really like gave you gave you all of this very quickly and so i kind of was like okay yeah no I'm, i'm with you go ahead keep keep going doing what you're doing and uh, and then, yeah, and I, I thought it was great. The the script was like the screenplay for this was like very top on point. Right. Yeah. On point writing. Like the writing mm-hmm. is just so good in that movie. And I'm surprised it never got nominated for an Oscar or Golden Globe or anything. Nothing, nothing big. I was I was shocked. That was the first thing I did. Like this has to have some type of nomination, but it wasn't. Nothing. No. And this was like and this is a comic book movie. So this was old school comic book storytelling back in the day like we were getting this is the time where we had spider-man 3 and uh the x-men franchise like the mcu wasn't built yet of the superhero movies we know today so this is like stuff that was kind of based off of a comic book it was kind of nice to see and go back and look at that type of style and it and it works today it really did it really does um and the last thing that i watched and it was a very it was very sad that we finished this we finished shit's creek we watched it the whole it series was, finale? We watched the series finale. There was a documentary explaining how this final season was made that followed afterward. Uh, and that was about 44 minutes long. And so we watched that as well. And it's like, it is sad. It is, it is, it's heartfelt. It's like the up? best. Definitely. Yeah. You, it's hard not to. Like, hell, you were getting teared up at the season finales. Um, but I, the best way to describe this, it was just, um, there's a perfect blend between comedy and heart and every single episode, the comedy moments are, you know, you know, it's built off of awkward tension in within the situation. And that is what kind of sells it for you. And like, you have to see these characters talk their way out of it or kind of deal with them. Or mainly it's just between the four of them, the mother, the father, the son and the daughter, um, like, and just their conversation and what they have on a daily basis is great. Um, it's, it's really it's it's kind of you're kind of encapsulated with this rich family in a small town and what they were able to do to this family because all their devices were stripped away it's a really good series it has a lot of heart and it's downright hilarious so i i would give anybody a recommendation to watch it i think it ended too soon it had a great message um and it definitely had a huge support and of representation of the of the gay community and that was like its strongest point later in the seasons, what it did. Um, and I thought the whole season, the whole the last season itself was beautiful. Like it definitely found its footing for me very quickly. And it kind of just grew from there. I'm surprised, Ernesto, you haven't started it yet. Yeah, I'm actually I want to start watching it. But I think 
I think I want to watch it with my wife. So I'm going to see if she yeah. wants to watch it first. And if she doesn't want to watch it, then I'm probably going to just bang it out and watch it myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's really good. I, I, I definitely think you're going to like it. Whenever you do start it, you're going to be saying, I don't know why I hadn't watched this in the first place. But yeah, I think I think we'll be on the same page on this. Um, but that's it. That's all I've been watching. That's all I got for you guys. So now we're going to go in to our we got we got we got two reviews for you guys today. We're uh, like we said earlier, we're not done with the horror genre just yet. And so Netflix pulled out on October 30th, like right during the Halloween time. They they introduce a new movie to us called His House, directed by a newcomer. I believe it's Remy Weeks or Wex. Is that is that correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> close I think enough. Remy, close <laughs> I think enough. So. Yes. Um, it stars um, uh, Won Me Mosaku, which I probably pronounced that horribly, but more importantly, she was in Lovecraft Country. Yep. She played the sister to Letty. She played Ruby in that in that series, and so she was great in that. So I was looking forward to see how she was able to transcend on her next project moving forward. So Ernesto, what was your thoughts on his house? Um, it wasn't bad. It was it was an interesting movie. Like mm-hmm. there there were definitely some parts that I definitely enjoyed, but I felt like somewhere towards the middle of the end, like it kind of it didn't really like fully fall apart, but it started. To, like the story just felt didn't feel it felt strange to me like it just like to me it kind of took a strange direction i don't know you know what I, you know you understand really? what I'm trying to say? Yeah. i know what you're saying i know what you're saying go on um i thought the in- opening was intense you see the slave ship sinking i thought that was kind of an intense opening and not mm-hmm. knowing that they were laying the groundwork later that was obviously a huge story element later yes um I actually really enjoyed the cameo of seeing Matt Smith. Matt Smith, um, he played the, I guess he was like a, uh, not like a detective, but he was like their social work. He was like their case yeah, worker. He, yeah, almost. he was, yeah, exactly. You know, I know him from his stint during Doctor Who. So I, anytime mm-hmm. he's on screen, I, I always enjoy, I enjoy seeing him. He always brings good, he's always brings a good character to the screen. Um, I, some of the jump scare, I will say, that the horror element that they introduced in the movie was great. Like, yes. Like a lot of the jump scares in the house, you get the little girl humming and banging outside. Um, I thought it was really fucked up that those little English boys were being really racist to her. Like, oh, you know, yes. it was weird. Yeah. They were all, they were the same color, but yet they, and I, I wonder if they, I'm assuming they did that on purpose, like yes. to really show that like, it's not just, the color of your skin sometimes it's where you're from like that people take it out on you because you see that's exactly what those english boys did to her they were being little assholes to her they were and, and it's funny because this movie in this particular case was not about race no and 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 she went and she, the only reason why she went to those group of kids were i'm assuming because they were both black and so like oh okay they're not going to they're going to be nice to me and let her let her, you know we later find out that they weren't and so I liked how this movie was not about race, and it was actually, in my opinion, a bigger issue. But go on. Um, I did like how they used their hardship as the way to deter them from being skeptics about what was happening in the house. Mm. Like, you remember all that crazy shit we went in Sudan? Um, she says that, you know, when she mentions that, you know, 
based off everything they've been through, like she's not going to be scared. You think that bumps in the night scare her. And obviously there's some real voodoo shit going on in this house that we need to obviously take care of. But, but to me, it was a strange turn where it got me was somewhere towards the middle of the end where she just, at first she was mad at him. She was like, you have to give yourself to the demon. And because, you know, what you did was wrong because you stole that little girl and, and, you know, that's, that's why the souls are following us. And then she just comes out. She's like, nah, I'm a, sh-. he comes out and then she just shanks him. She just comes up to him and slits his throat. <laughs> and there, and then that's how the demon thing dies. Like, I don't know. So like, yes, there, I do think like the horror elements were very strong. Um, I really, really, I would say that those are probably the strongest. That's the strongest aspect of the movie is and they and then they weren't cheap jump scares. Like they found a smart way to write it into the story. I, I feel right. Like. I I think we're on different playing fields here, Ernesto. Okay, I'm well. I'm curious to see what you thought. I really enjoyed this movie. Okay, Ma- I didn't say I hated because, it. It's- yeah, I know that. I think I like it a lot more than you did. And what it sounds yeah. like. Um, okay. I think that I to your point. I think the best part about this movie is, or one of the best parts about this movie is that the horror aspect to it. There were moments where I was turning down the volume, the volume on my, on my TV because I knew something was coming. I didn't know what it was and I didn't want it to be loud. I just wanted it to be very soft, like scare me quietly, please. I don't want, <laughs> please scare me quietly. <laughs> Yeah, like I was like, mm, I don't like where this is going. This, this, I'm just gonna mute it, and then something's gonna happen, and then I'll put it back up. Like a <laughs> little sound, and then and then we can bring it back up to normal. Like whenever whenever okay. the day whenever the day comes back, <laughs> give me sunlight, and then oh, okay, we're back. <laughs> okay, we're back now. We're back now. Um, but yeah, I I found like the best way to describe those moments and the majority of the movie is creepy and unsettling. Like uh, I yeah. think that's the vibe that I was getting. From when those moments were happening. Uh, but we. And I think. Again. Uh, we haven't prefaced this before. This is a spoiler review. Ernesto kind of already spoiled a few things. But these are spoiler reviews if you're new to here. Uh, when we do our. Now. They yeah. should know that by now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. But yeah. I. What I really found interesting about this movie. Was the turn that it took around the third act. Was that we. We learn how they got to London, how, because these were refugees and they were able to escape from their country because of the civil war that was happening within their country. And they were able to escape to try to find a better life, but they did it in a fucked up way. Well, I I shouldn't say they, he did it. The husband did it. And, 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 And she silently agreed to it. Yes. Like the the biggest point of that movie was they were trying to seek refuge. There was a bus that was leaving the situations. The bus was full. They were only accepting children. And he took somebody else's child, claimed it as his own, so he and his wife can get on the bus. We later see the mother chasing down the bus because the kid was in there. The kid was yelling for her mother, and he was kind of just silencing her as they're on the bus. That is heartbreaking. That is tragic. And that and is then messed up. And, and then the girl she died. And then she died. Not only because the movie kind of started with these scenes 
with the exception of the bus scene, but it started with them escaping, and we were led to that that was their child. Yeah. It it makes sense. Why would we think otherwise? And so we they even says like I will protect you. Now we see that as a different meaning, but um. But then they're on the boat. She somehow got off the boat and the husband decide to save his wife and kind of just leave the little girl that helped them escape that situation out to die in the ocean. And that's and then then they get to the point where the start of the movie is where, you know, they're being assessed by by, you know, by the UK to see if they can, you know, live here or be good citizens and stuff like that. And then they give them. Uh, a place to stay on their own to see if they can adjust to the so- society uh, and how they wait. They call them asylum seekers. That's mm-hmm. kind of the title that they gave them. And said, so you're not citizens yet. You're going to have to re- report back on a weekly basis. We're going to give you, uh, you know, we're going to give you money every week, about 74 pounds. You're not, you're not, you don't have any permission. You're not given permission to work or gain extra money. We kind of want to see how you adjust to the situation. And can you be, you know, good citizens in our country? That's basically yeah. what their whole, premise was but they were haunted by their past and the decisions they made in their past and so they they told a story of magic and i think that's what was happening uh i i do think the movie presented some sort of like voodoo magic that was happening and not like it was all happening in their heads uh in my opinion but yeah. i think that once they they gave reason for that. For me, I think the movie clicked and I, I really enjoyed it for that aspect. I did not see that twist coming. I, it just felt like they lost their daughter along the way of refuge, you know, of trying to escape and they're just trying to adjust to new living. And, and for the most part, I was on the side of the father, the husband the whole time. Like, it's like, look, until. he's just trying <laughs> until, yeah, until, right. I was like, look, he's trying, man. Like he's trying to adjust. He wants to appease to the uh to their their correctional not correctional officer the uh uh his their supervisor so they can you know start a new life here and she's still haunted by the past and what they had to do to get here and i think it was a uh interesting way to see like a, like a horror aspect of what refugees have to deal with to get to to get out of their country and I think that's yeah. what I loved about the movie the most. I agree. I mean, there there are definitely some interesting aspects. I guess I guess for me it wasn't. I guess maybe I needed more because there's that there's that scene where um, the wife Rial, I guess I don't know. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, her character, where she's having that vision with the ladies in that church, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. in that school. In school, and yeah. For, for now, from what I gathered, they were telling her to let that thing kill her husband. Yes. Right? But then she went against it and killed the, the demon monster. Thing. The demon, yeah. And I think that 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 point of the movie, she was like, I, I think the turn there was that the husband was accepting his fate. I think he realized he did a bad thing. And he's like, I'm just going to let this demon monster kill me because of the guilt that I had to do to get here. Like, I try to look past it and like, you know what, you know what, uh, you're right. He was like, he was basically saying that, you know, to his wife that, that she was right. I need to pay for my sins and I'm going to let this demon monster kill me and, you know, and everything will be right. And I guess in turn, the demon monster would give back the child. That's the part I didn't understand. Like they would give, yeah. they would bring the child back to life. So they, so that was basically like, 
they were saying that you stole that life from her. So we're going to trade because she deserves to continue living and, and you don't. I think that's what the monster was trying to say. Yeah. But then, you know, what about that? So then they just let him off the hook for killing those. Right? I, I guess. I mean, I, I guess in in this scenario, the, the mother, the, the, I'm sorry, the wife was like, except because because the fact that the husband accepted his his punishment and the sins, therefore, the wife was like, all right. I'm going to, you know, because you kind of accepted what you did and you are you are excited to realize what you did and where I'm going to, I guess, decide to keep you living and save your life because you you understand now your wrongdoings of how we got here. And then how the movie kind of ended was like, we're now we're going to try to move forward from this. Like, I get that they let him feel they let him pay for his sins a little bit Mm -hmm. but he killed that little girl and they didn't give him i just for me i felt like his consequence wasn't justified i felt like it wasn't enough like he didn't like he didn't really not now i don't want to say suffer but like he didn't pay the consequence like he didn't pay for the consequences and that little girl she didn't come back to life no but i think she was almost she almost was brought back to life because the the demon monster was in the process of killing the husband until the wife stopped him yeah i i, th- I, I think I, I think that was i i i think i appreciate the uh, aside from that aspect of it i i appreciated the uh the the message yeah that the the ref- I, I that what i appreciate the most that was hidden and shown prominently within this, within this, within the, within the movie. To me, it's like the message was, okay, shit happens. And we just have to, we have to learn how to live with our mistakes and move on. That's kind of what I got from it. Because you can't, like, you can't change what happened. You have to just learn how to live with the demon inside of you, I guess. But they, see, now what would have been interesting is if the demon would have came would have taken him over and they would have almost like coexisted. Like you have to live because mm. you have, because then you almost have to live with your demons. Right. I honestly, I think I would have been fine if honest, if he died and then the little girl came back and then now they're trying to live their life. I would, I would, if I would have been fine with that ending too. Um, that would have been a, that would have been like a happy picture. Perfect ending though. I guess in some way, well, because I guess kind the, of in a way, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Because at the, at the very end of the movie, like the last frames you were kind of seeing, like all of the the people from that country like in the room like they're represented like you know we are these people we are refugees you know we are casualties in this bigger problem in the world that we have um and so i i feel like i like i said before i appreciate the bigger message there i like the creepy unsettling factors that got us to this message um and i think it brought light to uh in a particular problem uh, and I was fine with the execution, but I do agree with you. It could have been a little bit better. Yeah. No, no I'm not like totally shitting on the movie. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I said, like there are certain, like the whole, I think the horror aspect that they did was on point, which is mm-hmm. hard to, for me. I think it's hard to get me because I'm always like, Oh, there's a jump scare coming. Oh, they're going right. to scare me here. But I felt like in this movie, and and more often than not, they were able to get me a few times. Like, oh, shit, they got me again. There was a lot of moments where I'm like, man, 
this guy is brave because if it's dark, I am not sticking my hand in a hole in the wall. You can forget that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Yeah, no, Like no, when thank he pulls you. it out and that teddy bear comes and then that little thing, that thing just grabs it back. I was like, nope, yeah. fuck that. I'm nope. going to go to bed. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. That's, that's where or when he's flicking, Or when he's flicking the lights back and forth. And they get closer, and then the things on top of him. I mean, he he almost gets hit, throw cut. Yeah. I mean, there were some, there were some, a lot of good. There's a lot of good moments in this movie. But I, I agree with you. I think I do think it's worth the watch. I do think that I would recommend it for somebody to watch. Yeah, I definitely. And also, it's it's good. It's a good starter film for this director. Like, if this is his movie number one, and it, from my opinion, was not bad at all. Like, you can give us interesting horror. You can you can creep us out and then also have a good, powerful message behind it. It's like on the heels. Well, let me let me rephrase that. Not on the heels of Jordan Peele, but it's it's a Jordan Peele esque type of film where like maybe he got inspiration from, say, us or Get Out to make this movie. And and therefore, if this is like the first movie out of the gate for this upcoming director, I will be very interested to see what he has next in store because I can see him growing and being a better filmmaker from this film. Yeah, I, I, I actually would have to agree with you. I mean, and considering he wrote, he also wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. or he co-wrote. The, I'm sorry. He co-wrote the screenplay. He, yeah, he co-wrote. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot to, to like about this movie. And I do agree with you. There are a couple questionable moments in there. But overall, I liked it, and I also do recommend for people to watch this movie. I mean, we're kind of out of the spooky season, but if you still have that, you still feel a little horror, you still feel you want to get a little spooked. I Honestly, I think this is one of the scariest movies I've seen this year. Do you agree with that? Mm, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I didn't see a lot so. of horror content this year. Yeah, same. But, I don't really have much to compare to in it. I mean, right. it was definitely scarier than Hellraiser. i think it was scarier than you know haunting of hill house or bly manor um and well well well, in a different in a different different, way yes it's different but it but haunting on hill house i still i think still offers those those moments those scary moments where they get where they get you absolutely yeah so i i liked it i really liked it I, i i i would put it up there as like one of the uh I would say it's one of the better movies I've seen this year, in my opinion. Like I know okay. we've seen a lot. We we like you said earlier, we reviewed over a hundred movies and TV shows, and I think I, I think it's up there as one of the better ones I've seen. Um I'd have to see the list to give my <laughs> but it's, I would say that it's somewhere towards the middle, closer to the top than it is the bottom. There we go. I'll take that. that that's a uh, that's a that's a very vague rough estimate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to add before we move on? No. No. That's right. it. Cool. And then, all right, so now we're going to move on to our final review of, of, of the week, our spoiler review, as well as our foreign film of the month, uh, The Host, directed by Bong Joon Ho. Which you know, it's kind of we're kind of doing a callback from our very first episode. We did a director spotlight on him and reviewed a couple of his movies. So now we kind of wanted to go back and review some of the other ones we haven't touched upon. So this is a horror monster movie that kind of got him on the map, and especially here in America, like it got a lot of attention here in the U.S. Uh, so the host Ernesto, what were your thoughts on the host? 
So I really, really enjoyed this movie. And, okay. I, and this is and this is even like like not fanboying over Boon Joy. Maybe maybe it is a little bit, but I a little bit. It's it was nice to see where his career has come from. Also like seeing the same character who he has as uh, he plays the dad in Parasite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he, he has, plays. I think he plays the main character. Yeah, um, Kang Ho Sung. I think that's his name. Yeah, I, I yes, this, yes, that's yeah, his yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was nice to see him in it. Um, I like the opening scene. He always he always tries. It seems like he always tries to bring it full circle in the kind of exploring the dangers of our of the human impact on the world. And this, right. I feel like. And I feel like this was like a horror supernatural version of it because you see the opening scene where the scientists are pouring that formaldehyde down the drain. And then you mm-hmm. see years later of all dumping chemicals that dump into the river and how that affects the wildlife there. And then you see this freaking freakishly beast monster that comes out of it and starts to wreak havoc on the entire town. Um, what would you classify like- the monster as? Like it's like a fish slash crocodile class. Like a like, like a swamp, I would say like a swamp thing type monster, like a lake, yeah, like a like a like a mutated lake monster thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good you way know, to point it. I like you know some of the scene, and you know it's funny you can see that it's kind of like old school CGI, like it's mm-hmm. like you, it's definitely a little dated, but to me it's it still works. I think it's great. You know, I, I thought it was I, good. I would say it did not distract me from the movie as I thought yeah. as much as I thought it was going to be. You know, like you see the beast, he whips his tail and sends the guy flying into the river. Like you <laughs> yeah. see that a couple of times. You see a couple of times when you see him like flipping underneath the freeway. Like I even, I was like, I thought it was pretty clean the way they show him diving into the river. Like oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah. you can kind of see the separation, like from when he dives into the river and when it's not him, when it's not the monster. But I thought it was pretty. I thought that was pretty well done. Um, that intense dramatic family reunion. After the when they think that uh, Hong Sung Yo, I don't I think that's how you pronounce her, the girl, his daughter, when they when she goes missing, when they think she's dead. I mean, his right. brother freaking dropped kicks him like they're like yelling <laughs> at each other. And he literally gets up and drop drop kicks him in the face. A little weird, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of thought it was a dumb idea when they're in that little hut thing and they decide to we're just going to shoot it with these shotguns. <laughs> Like right here in the middle of nowhere and we'll just see what happens. And of course that thing comes rushing at them and it causes them to run away. And then the dad, you know, that's how we see the dad die. Um, It was kind of weird to see some of the things that we see in our society today, like, you know, mass everywhere. Um, There was one scene where they had like the temperature scanner, like at the airport. I was like, that's weird. Like a lot of it, I was like, well, we have those now. We have that now. It's crazy. Like, cause I was not expecting that at all either. Like I expected a monster movie, but it really got to the point of like, all right, well, this monster is affecting our, it, and even like it's, it's sending a disease in the air and it, it was airborne and people were wearing masks and being cautious of what were, they were doing and temperature checks. I'm like, this movie was made in 2006 and now this is really hitting too close to home. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were some scenes that I thought were kind of funny. Like, there's a scene where they're, um, these people are just standing on the side, and this guy's coughing in the mask, and, <laughs> he take, 
spits, he hawks a loogie into the street, into this puddle, and then the bus comes by and spreads it to them. I thought that was pretty gross. It's like, oh, oh! like, can you imagine that? <laughs> now, like we were just saying, in the world we live in now, can you imagine standing next to somebody on the street like that? Like, mm-hmm. oh, can you? There would be, there would be a fight. Like, people yeah. would be fighting. Oh, like, yes. You're, give me COVID. <laughs> um, I, you know, interesting plot element with the the one sister who's the archer, who's the archer, because you know, they they planted her hesitation to take the shot as like it was like a pretty big story element. Obviously, you know, yeah. she missed the shot in the beginning, and we watch it. When that monster's coming rushing at her, she had a clear shot for him and didn't take it. Although I don't think that it would have done much like it did the last time when he was drowning and uh when he was gulping down that that um that gasoline gasoline she, yeah shot him with shot him in the eye um yeah, so i thought that i, I, I thought that was kind of cool it was I mean, a little kind of cheesy but like i kind of i was i was there for it <laughs> yeah i uh didn't care for that arc at all as much as like i i got it it was it was there um i just felt like we could have we could have done something else in that moment, like I felt like, like when she actually did it, and you know, actually got the perfect shot, and the monster started going into flames, and I was like, eh, it's not justified. It's like we didn't, we don't need to have this in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I see that. I did think it was kind of creepy how like she went through that whole thing to escape, and like, you're like, oh, you think she's got it, but then like she's not moving up the rope, and you realize that the beast has just grabbed her by the tail, and he doesn't yeah. like her he just slowly puts her down and then just waits like that just like just it was weird to show like he made it a point to show like how smart a monster like that could get and like how it would like so obviously that thing was awake the whole time and he was just waiting for you to do something Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point i didn't realize that basically the movie he was presenting like a really smart uh monster living within the sea yeah um, but more or less, I, I enjoyed it. I guess you didn't enjoy it. I, from what I gather, you didn't really enjoy it as much. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, not as much. And there's a lot to like about this movie. Um, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I would hope I wanted to. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of the CGI. I think the monster supplemented the movie fine based on its time. You got to remember this was in 2006. We're not, this isn't 2020 graphics. And also, we're in a different country uh, when this movie was made. This is our foreign film. So, like, there's a lot to, like, okay, you know, I'm fine with it. And it didn't distract me from the movie. Um, but I think the story where, you know, where his movie shine, especially with Snowpiercer and Parasite, like, this movie was made before all of those movies uh, that are very popular to, hit, to his uh, repertoire now. Um, but I feel like it didn't it didn't hit me as hard as I guess I wanted it to. I guess I was holding it on a higher pedestal than I should have. I feel like you were you were walking in there expecting to see Parasite or Okja. Like you were like you gotta like you kind of were talking about it already. Like you you're thinking about him like post the progression of his work because I mean ideally right. with all these creators you would assume that you know they get. When you do one project, you get better. So each project right. is significantly better than the other. So I can see that. You know, you going in there thinking you're gonna see a movie like Parasite. <laughs> right. And and there was a level of thinking. I'm like, look, this was before because I I was first introduced to 
uh, this director with Snowpiercer, and I love Snowpiercer. And then when yeah. I saw, um, then I saw he was, you know, he did a movie with Netflix, which was Okja, and then obviously Parasite. Um, but so like this was all before that, and there was even a movie in between the host and Snowpiercer, and there's a, even a movie before the host. And so, like, I, we're definitely not done talking about his line of work uh, on this podcast. But I think I was expecting just a little bit more. Um, I, first of all, the movie, like you were saying, began with the two sciences. One of them was Herschel from The Walking Dead. Did you, That's did you, right. I didn't yeah. catch that. I didn't catch that. But now that you said it, it makes sense. And I was like, look at that. And then I was, like, really on a high at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, you got Herschel in this? <laughs> look oh, at Herschel. <laughs> Look at Herschel. Rest, may, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I was like, oh, OK, look at that. And then there were some funny moments in there at the very beginning when the monster, you know, emerged for the first time. Uh, and I thought there was like there was this white guy like just picking up street signs and trying to like these hard cement things and just tossing it at the monster. I felt like, like, what are you trying to be Captain America for? And then later he just dies and gets eaten by the monster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like this guy. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm, I was fine how the story progressed. There was a level of, you know, they were like crying hysterically at the fact that he lost his daughter and the, like the little girl in the family as the family reunited with this, you know, monster, uh, taking place and I think I would have enjoyed the movie more if it just focused on the family and the monster and the little girl trying to escape the monster rather than making this about this whole city that is basically under quarantine and at a, a risk that because they're saying like this monster caused this airborne disease that was happening within the city is that correct yeah something like that so you're saying you would have liked like less less like world solving issues and more of a character story within this crazy shit happening in the world. Or, or, or yes, uh, yes. I mean, you could mention what's happening in the world, but don't make it a big focus point because it's really about at its core these these this family trying to find this find you know their niece their niece slash daughter granddaughter you know this little girl they're trying to find her. Um, and trying to save her after they realize that she is still alive because you think that she's dead at the very beginning. Yeah. Then you realize that this, this monster is not, you know, quickly eating these, these people. He is saving them like, like slowly chewing the flesh until their bone. And then that was that one scene where he vomited that monster vomited all the bones Oh man. But it's almost like he's select but it to me that was more of like he's being he was being very selective on who he killed and how he killed them. Cuz if you remember when he killed the when he killed the father or the grandpa, like he took him, but once he realized he was dead, he just left him there. That's true. That's true. But why but why keep people captive then? She, like the monster knew the little girl and the other the child was there. So why save that? I don't know. They didn't I mean they didn't really explore that. But see, but maybe that to your point, that's something that they could have explored in the film. I think like more yeah. more of diving into what this monster could have been like psychologically, like mm-hmm. and how what his thought process was. Yeah. And I think I would have preferred that more. I mean, you could have had all of this happening within the city or not even talk about it at all. It, it's really focusing on like the very beginning of the movie. 
you you introduce that yes, these scientists are pouring this liquid down you know down the drain, which is connected to this river, and created this monster. That's how the monster got here. From there on out, focus on that family. Focus on the craziness and a, and a small secluded area, um, and not so much about you know trying to cure this disease when there wasn't really because even even the scientists and the doctor was like, there, we have no proof that there's a disease out there, but we're going to just pretend and do basically head surgery on this guy. Like when he got captured, that was a weird scene. Yeah. And so like, I don't even know why they were doing it. And that, and that's the part that I was like, there was, that was the disconnect with me. And then like when the grandfather died, like the, the, the father was captured of the little girl. And then the uncle and the aunt were separated but then, like, she was still looking for him, and then he was trying to get intel from the inside. And, like, it felt too, like, we were going in a lot of different directions. And I just felt like that we should have just stayed together the entire time and really just focus on trying to find a little girl dealing with the monster on their own terms. You can introduce the military if you want to as well. That's fine. Because at the end of the day, the family killed the monster. They didn't have any outside help. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where the military was at this point. Like, why weren't you there? I don't understand. <laughs> and then they kind of, you know, then they explored the whole, well, the, the beast doesn't have, it's not actually spreading a virus. That's a lie. They never really, they never really kind of re-explored. There was a couple of things they left, like, that they didn't really explore towards the end. Right. And so this movie, the little girl did still die. Like, she was survived. She was alive. But the monster did eventually eat her moments before she was reunited with her father and the father even pulled her out of the monster's stomach and and was you know unfortunately saw her her dead body there but the the little girl was taking after another child which he survived and ended up staying with the father at the end of the movie so i thought that was a nice sentiment a nice touch uh yeah. for the movie to have like she was alive to make sure that this kid was alive and then he was taking care. Like, I think the father was like, you had to have been very special to my daughter in order to, you know. For her to save for, you. Yeah. You're right. And so I'm going to continue that based on what my daughter was doing. And uh, and they were also like, what, 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 what were they? Those kids. Because it was like him and his brother were like kind of going around like they didn't really have a home. Is like that orphans correct? or homeless? They were like, yeah, they were like, yeah, it's one of the two. And I, I guess yeah, I guess they were both. They were homeless and they were orphans and they were kind of going around and stealing things. They, there was a word for it in the movie that they were doing. I forgot what the word was. Oh, yes. I don't remember. I don't They're like, yeah, like scavengers almost. Yeah, exactly. And so now the little boy, because the little boy's brother died by the monster. So the father was able to take in the little boy and kind of take him in as his own. And even like even at the very end of the movie, he was trying to make a point there like, they had like new developments on the disease on the disease and the little boy was like, can you just turn off the TV and we can just have here and enjoy our, enjoy our dinner together, like having a exactly. conversation. So like, you know, it doesn't matter what was happening in the, in the rest of the world. It's about what's happening right here. And I felt like that message should have been translated throughout the whole movie because it didn't matter what was happening in the rest of the world. Focus on this story right here. So I guess that's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. But I feel like there are a lot of good moments to take away from the movie that I don't feel like it should be dismissed because there were definitely some building blocks 
in this movie that you can definitely see in Okja. Like, right. like you can see like he took cues from this and where the host was like a monster movie terrorizing the public. You had Okja, which was as big as a monster, but it had the heart of gold. Like it was yeah. just a creature trying to be a creature, like trying to live. And you had the the people were the monsters in that in that movie. So that that's kind of like my two sets of it. So I recommend this movie. But if you're kind of going in blind to what this this, you know, the director is and that's the first movie you watch, I think you would just be pleasantly surprised of how he grows as as a director and as a filmmaker. And it's kind of nice to see where his early beginnings were when he was making movies. Yeah, agreed. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, no, I, but just said, I mean, I guess I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but I guess, but I think I was fanboy, fan, uh, Boone fanboying it, fanboying <laughs> it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but obviously he's still a great director. He still compiled a, a nice movie uh, regardless. And that, that hasn't changed from any of his movies. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it by any means. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped. But that was the fault of my own. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so there you go. That's our foreign film of the month. That's our spoiler review of the week. That's our one year in recap. Ernesto, we got another one in the books. Another one in the books. And we have many more coming. We do. We have, we have like we uh, preferenced earlier, we have another creator spotlight coming up next week. You can tune into that on Ava DuVernay. And after that, we got the holidays coming up. So, Ernesto, I was feeling spooky in October. But now I think I think the the holiday cheer is coming up now. You feeling a little jolly, Matthew? I'm feeling a little jolly. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'm going to be diving into some Christmas movies soon and seeing what some holiday features I have to offer um, on the different streaming services. So that's kind of the direction that I'm going toward in my viewing anyway. Um, and we also have a couple of guests lined up uh, that we yes, were we excited do. to bring onto the show. Some first, some newcomers coming into the show. So more people and, saying yes, and more people saying yes, surprisingly. So as always, thank you for listening. Uh, and you know, we're happy to be celebrating our one-year anniversary. And we hopefully we can have another two, three, four more years on this. And hopefully we can continue to grow uh, every week as we try to do on this podcast. Um, if you want more from us, you can always go over to our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. We have movie showdown Mondays. We have recognizing the music behind the movie every Wednesday. We have new to stream Fridays. We have our freshest takes, our latest binges. Uh, it's all there on our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. Uh, you will not be disappointed when you go in there. It's like, no, you're, you're stepping into movie land. That's what you're doing. Ernesto. Exactly. That, 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 that's what happens. Yeah. Also. You guys can hit us up on email. You guys can boxofficebingers at gmail.com. Hit us up. We will answer there to not only on Instagram. Also, go to wherever you listen, wherever you're listening to this. Why don't you go ahead and just rate us? It yeah, have, there you, you go. Know, I, would, I would love a five star, but you know what? I want you to be real. You just give whatever you think, whatever you think the show deserves whatever you think wherever level you think that we're at you just go ahead and give us a rate who knows maybe some people have some feedback i'm always open to criticism 
Yeah, you know, I would I would love some feedback on how we're doing. Yeah, send, yeah. Go to the go to social media, go to our email, and give us some feedback on how we're doing. So tell us how what was what what was your one year review of us? Yeah. <laughs> how do we hey, do? Guess what? You suck. Or you know what? <laughs> you guys are great. <laughs> yeah. Or if you have an idea, or even a movie you think we should review, let us know that too. We yeah. we we might be hit we might be missing some hidden gems, Ernesto. Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm almost positive that we are because yeah. everybody's got like, oh man, you haven't seen this movie? You should see this and it's available here. And it's like, why have I never heard of this movie? Like right. for you, perfect example, V for Vendetta, great movie exactly. that you have never seen. Never seen. You know what? I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud here, Ernesto, but we can even introduce a new segment if this becomes a thing of our recommendations, basically our our listener pick of the week, rather, if that, if I just Whoa. come up with a name real quick. <laughs> Whoa, Matthew, you're opening the floodgates there. <laughs> I'm opening the floodgates there. Of uh, you know, maybe if you have recommendations, and if it's a movie that Ernesto and I have not seen, we'll give it a we'll give it a view. Because again, like I said, we could be missing a lot of movies that are just you know, not hitting our radar. So Correct. I'm open I'm open to suggestions. So definitely do that. So yes, go to our our social media, go to our email. Box office bingers is where you're gonna find everything. Uh, thank you again for listening. Come back next week for our Creator Spotlight. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. And I've been your host, Ernesto Santos. See ya. <laughs>